Welcome to this podcast featuring Amir Sarfati, founder and president of Behold Israel. Behold Israel provides reliable and accurate reporting on developments in Israel and the region. Amir's live updates and teachings are based on God's written word. Connect with Behold Israel on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. Download our free app, available in Android and Apple, under Behold Israel. In accordance with the theme of this conference, I thought that maybe it's good to speak on God's appointed time. I believe with all of my heart that um, most of you, if not all of you, are well-versed with the things that are happening around the world. We keep informing you every week and uh, it is viewed by millions of people. And the, the, the thing is, is that many times I feel like we are creating a generation of believers that are uh, uh, waiting at home with a stopwatch and, and, and just, okay, when is the rapture gonna happen? And I hope that we all understand that that day is none of our business. <laughs> it will come. And this is why I start my message with Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 3. For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it will speak, it will not lie. Though it tarries, wait for it, because it will surely come, it will not tarry. If you think it tarries, it's because it's your impatience. It will surely come because he who promised is faithful. So we have to understand that we need to accept the fact that there are appointed times by God and he has the authority to decide when, what, and how things are going to be. God, the eternal, created the concept of time. <laughs> You know, God is eternal. But he created the concept of time. And when he commenced to create this world, that's when time was invented, basically. John 1 says that in the beginning was the word. In the beginning. There was a beginning that, and you know, Stephen Hawking, the, 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 the scientist, uh, said, oh, I know exactly how the world was, uh, you know, came to pass, but I really don't know why. Well, God knows why. Because he created it for his purpose. And God created the world and that world that he created had already the word. Because it wasn't a created thing. It was the word in the beginning. Colossians says, for by him all things were created that are in heaven and that are on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created through him and for him, and he is before all things, and in him all things consist. Jesus was there from the creation of this world. He was always there. He's always been there because he is not part of the creation. He's part of the creator. 
Genesis 1, that's when God started the days, the concept of days. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters, and then God said, let there be light, and there was light. And of course, we know that that was the first day. First time there was a first day. And by the way, in the Hebrew, we don't call Sunday, Sunday. You call it Sunday. We call it first day. It's the first day. Exodus 12, 2. That's when we see also the concept of months. This month shall be your beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year to you. So God started with days and then he moves to months. And then in Genesis 8, as we just heard earlier this day, Noah built an altar to the Lord and took of every clean animal, of every clean bird, and offered burnt offering on the altar. And the Lord smelled a soothing aroma. And then the Lord said to his, in his heart, I will never again curse the ground for man's sake, although the imagination of man's heart is evil from his youth, nor will I again destroy every living thing as I have done, while the earth remains seed time and harvest, Cold and heat, winter and summer, and day and night shall not cease. So he created days, he created months, he created seasons. He also created global warming. (laughs) There will be hot times, there will be cold times. But then we were created because we are the creator. Not the creator. And we were created into a world that already has a concept of time. He's eternal. We're not. So we were created and then we know our time is different than God's time. Because he has appointed times. When he does things, he does things on the day, on the hour, on the minute. Always. Because it has to be so. Because in order to fulfill that which was spoken by this prophet or that prophet... But if you came to faith on Tuesday instead of Wednesday, not a big deal. (laughs) Our time. Jesus said to the disciples, my time has not yet come, but your time is always ready. You can always speak about the Lord. You can always worship God. You can always be a follower of Christ. There is no specific day of the week when I'm Christian. It's Sunday I'm Christian today. Tomorrow I don't have to. But his time has to be on the day, on the hour. So there, there is going to be a time and we're going to be out of here. And there is a day, there is an hour, there is a minute, there is a second. And it's none of your business. <laughs> Ephesians says, see then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. So he's giving you an advice. Look, you've got all the days of your life. Redeem your time wisely. Because these days are evil. But but in the evil world, you should be shining your light. Colossians 4, 5, walk in wisdom. We know in the Bible what wisdom is. Towards those who are outside, redeeming the time. It doesn't say... Only on Sunday or only on Wednesday or on a specific minute of the day on the out. No. Our time is a little bit more flexible because we are his sheep. 
And he will decide when, what, and how. Psalm 31, my times are in your hand. Deliver me from the hands of my enemies and from those who persecute me. Make your face shine upon your servant. Save me from your mercies, uh, for your mercy's sake. Our time is in his hands. And Moses, old Moses, who wrote probably the only psalm that he wrote, the oldest psalm, Psalm 90, for all our days have passed away in your wrath. We finish our years like a sigh. The days of our lives are 70 years. And if by reason of strength they are 80 years, yet their boast is only a labor and sorrow, for it is soon cut off and we fly away. He certainly needed some energy drink. Ecclesiastics says, to everything there is a season, a time for every purpose under heaven, a time to be born, and a time to die, a time to plant, and a time to pluck what is planted, a time to kill, and a time to heal, a time to break down, a time to build up, a time to weep, a time to laugh, time to mourn. You see, the concept of time was invented by God, created by God, and was given to us. Use it. Skillfully. Redeem your time. And don't forget, God is sovereign. Does He decide what, where, and when things should happen? And when it's up to Him and the things that He's doing, oh my goodness, it's on the minute. He created the world. There was a day, or there, well, He created the day, so there was a moment where He actually created the world. And Stephen Hawking cannot figure why. Well, it's none of our business. God created the world and he did it. And it was the beginning. And then he revealed to Noah, if you remember, when he would send the flood and for how long it would be. God is not just saying, Noah, but start building an ark and I'll inform you later. <laughs> Are you still building it? Ah, uh, don't worry. Keep working. I mean... He told Noah, for, for seven days, Noah is walking, knowing exactly when God is going to pour this flood all over the world and how long it's going to take. Can you imagine? For after seven more days, I will cause it to rain on the earth, 40 days and 40 nights, and I will destroy from the face of the earth all living things that I have made. And Noah had to live with that for seven days. That God had a day. And he told Noah, look, Noah, there's a day. When he wants us to know the day, he is informing us. You don't have to sit and guess. Second Peter 2, 5, and did not spare the ancient world, but saved Noah, one of eight people, a preacher of righteousness, bringing in the flood on the world of the ungodly. A preacher of righteousness until the day. The seven days were filled with what? A preacher of righteousness. Not a person who sat there with a stop watch and, and counting the seconds. 2 Peter 3, 67, by which the world that then existed perished being flooded with water, but the heavens and the earth which are now preserved by the same word are reserved for fire until what? The day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. There is a day. 
certain day. And when he chose Abraham and then his descendants to be his, he did it at his time. The Lord said to Abraham, get out of your country from your family and from your father's house to a land that I will show you and I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great and you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and I will curse him who curses you and in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. God decided, God did it and Abraham was not even asked, what is your opinion because this is a democracy here. Genesis 18, is anything too hard for the Lord at the what? Appointed time I will return to you according to the time of life and Sarah shall have a son. God already had an appointed time that he will come back to Abraham with that son that she should have. For Sarah conceived and bore Abraham a son in his old age at what? The set time of which God had spoken to him. There's a set time. There's an appointed time. Look, we can do things today, maybe not tomorrow. God is on the move to do things, boom, on the set time. If that's not enough, Romans 11 says, And I say then, has God cast away his people? Absolutely not. Certainly not, for I'm also an Israelite of the seed of Abraham, of the tribe of Benjamin. The same God who chose Abraham and his descendants to become a blessing to the world is reminding you 2,000 years ago that he's not done with them and that he's never forgotten all about them. It's the same God. And he appointed festivals that foreshadowed his plan of redemption. And he gave it to the Jewish people to carry that for generations. The plan of salvation in Leviticus 23, Passover, about the, Jesus being the, the Lamb of God, Feast of Unleavened Bread, the sinless life of Jesus, first fruit, him being the first fruit from those who fell asleep. Being the first person in the history of planet Earth that was born, lived, died, resurrected, and never died again. It never happened before. Feast of weeks is when the Holy Spirit came. The Feast of Trumpets is going to be interesting. When Jesus will come with us, we will, I mean the whole world is going to hear the trumpets, but Israel is going to hear the trumpets. The Day of Atonement is when they... See him whom they pierced, and they will mourn and cry and repent, according to Zechariah chapter 12, and the Feast of Tabernacle, when the longest and the happiest festival is, of course, the thousand years millennial kingdom, when the Lord God will tabernacle with his people. Or you can, some people even suggest that it could be the new Jerusalem that comes down as the tabernacle of God upon the people. All I'm saying is that those are the appointed festivals, the appointed times. And they were speaking of certain things that happened before and certain things that are to happen in the future. Galatians 3 now, to Abraham and his seed were the promises made. And he does not say, and to seed as of many, but as of one, and to your seed who is Christ. What was promised to Abraham is about Christ. And this I say that the law, which was 430 years later, cannot annul the covenant that was confirmed before by God in Christ, that it should make the promise of no effect, for it 
If the inheritance is of the law, it is no longer of promise, but God gave it to Abraham by promise. Colossians 2, let no one judge you in food or drink or regarding a festival or new moon or Sabbath, which what? They are just a shadow of things to come, but the substance is of Christ. Hebrews 10:1. for the law having a shadow of the good things to come and not the very image of the things can never with these same sacrifices which they offer continually, year by year, make those who approach perfect. And then Jesus came to the world, Yeshua HaMashiach, the salvation of the world. And he sent his son into the world. And the Bible says, but when what? But when the fullness of the time had come, there was a set time, there was a set day, there was a set hour that he had to come. And when the fullness of the time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, not born of a man who became a woman, or a woman became a man. And then, and then he said, born under the law, he was a Jew, not Palestinian or, I don't know, Hebrew, black Hebrews or whatever. He was a Jew, born under the law. To redeem what? Those who were under the law, he came to his own first. Remember that we might receive the adoptions as sons. Our sins separated us from us, from him, and now we need to be adopted. Ladies and gentlemen, John 3 is saying, it's talking about 16, 17, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world. The set time when the time came and Jesus was born, it was what? It was not to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. And not only that, even his Preaching and his ministry had to begin at a set time. Now, after John was put in prison, Jesus came to Galilee preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God and saying, what? The time, what? Is fulfilled. And the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel, he said. And Matthew, he's telling us, go into the city to a certain man. And say to him, that's about the Last Supper. It's about that Passover. What? My time is at hand. There's a day, there's an hour, there's a minute. And I will keep the Passover at your house with my disciples. Was there any option here for the man to say no? No. Romans 5, 6. Not only that Jesus was born on this set time and started his ministry on the set time and demonstrated what he's about to do with the new covenant on that set time, but in Romans 5, 6, for when we were still without strength, in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. Due time. And he sent the Holy Spirit to the church. And we know that when the helper comes, whom I shall send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth, who proceeds from the Father, he will testify of me. Now he who has prepared us for this very thing is God, who also has given us the Spirit as a guarantee. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, by whom you were what? Sealed for the day of redemption. There's a reason and there is a season for that whole thing. And he will come and redeem the church from the coming wrath, as he said. 
In Matthew 24, but of the day and hour, suddenly, <laughs> this is the day and the hour, we don't know. No one knows. Not even the angels of heaven, but my Father only. Hebrews 10 says, therefore do not cast away your confidence, which has great reward, for you have need to, what? Endurance. Since you don't know the day, since you don't know the hour, you need what? Endurance. So that after you have done the will of God, you may receive the promise for yet a little while. Who is he quoting right now? <laughs> Habakkuk. The verse I started with. For yet a little while, and he who is coming will come and will not tarry. Now the just shall live by faith. That's the following verse in Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 4. But if anyone draws back, my soul has no pleasure in him. But we are not of those who draw back to perdition, but of those who believe to the saving of the soul. 1 Thessalonians 1, for they themselves declare concerning us that manner of entry we had to you. And how you turn to God from idols to serve the living and the true God and to wait, what? Wait for his son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, even Jesus who delivers us from the wrath to come. He's going to come and deliver us from the wrath to come before the wrath that is about to come. He's not going to raise us, uh, deliver us through the wrath, but from the wrath to come, he says. Revelation 3. To the church of Philadelphia, because you have kept my command to persevere, I also will keep you, what? From the hour of trial, which what? Shall come upon the whole world to test those who dwell on the earth, the earth dwellers, not you. And he will reward his saints for their deeds with a crown of righteousness when there is a set day for that. Even Paul in Colossians chapter 2, and whatever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not to men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive what? The reward of the inheritance for you serve the Lord Jesus. And look, days before Paul died, he, he wrote the most moving portion of scriptures. And he said, finally, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness. He said, I, 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 I fought the good fight. I, I finished the race. I kept the faith. And then finally there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, now what is he saying? Will give it to me on that day. He's not saying I'm entering into heaven, receiving my reward right now. He understands there is a set day, there is an appointed time where not only he, but all the believers are going to receive the same crown of righteousness. Look, not only to me, he says, not only to me, or to me only, but also to all. Do you love his appearing? Do you want to see him appearing? Do you want him to come back? Then that's for you as well. Revelation 3, 11, behold, I am coming quickly. Hold fast what you have that no one may take your crown. There's a crown waiting for us. And then he will send his son with his bride to rule and to judge the world. Truly these times of ignorance God overlooked, but now commands all men. Paul says that in Athens to all those smart guys because he has appointed a day. He has appointed a day on which he will judge the world in righteousness by the men whom he has ordained. He is giving assurance of this to all by raising him from the dead. 
Revelation 19. We heard about it. Now I saw heaven open and behold a white horse. And he who sat on him was called faithful and true. And in righteousness he judges and makes war. His eyes were like a flame of fire. And on his head were many crowns. And he had a name written that no one knew except himself. And the armies in heaven clothed in fine linen. Who, who are those in fine linen? Us. Get used to it. Fine linen. White and clean. Followed him on white horses. Look, when Jesus comes back to earth and you see his face, you're in trouble. You need to see his back. You need to ride a horse behind him. You're on the wrong side if you watch him coming. He was clothed in a robe dripped in blood and his name is called the Word of God. And he will bring all humanity to a final judgment. Revelation 22, behold, I'm coming quickly and my reward is with me to give what? To everyone according to his work. He's not going to judge people for what they never did. He's going to judge people for what they did and how they were thinking and how they were plotting and everything. He is a righteous judge. He's not going to impeach <laughs> someone in a very spooky way. <laughs> ha! Ecclesiastes 8.6 Because for every matter there is a time and judgment. Though the misery of man increases greatly. Psalm 75.2 When I choose the proper time, I will judge uprightly. He says. I choose the proper time. It's none of your business. It will come. God shall judge the righteous and the wicked, for there is a time there for every purpose and for every work. Psalm 37, wait on the Lord and keep his way, and he shall exalt you to inherit the land. When the wicked are cut off, you shall see it. Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Do not fret because of him who prospers in his, in his ways, because of the man who brings wicked schemes to pass. Hebrews 9, and as it is appointed for men to die once, but after what? The judgment. So Christ was offered to bear the sins of many. To those who eagerly wait for him, he will appear a second time. Appear, not come physically to earth. Appear in heaven, in, in, the, in the cloud. And he will appear the second time apart from sin. He already came to pay for our sin. This time he will come for what? The salvation of the body from this evil world as in Romans 8.23. And I saw a great white throne and him who sat on it from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away and there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, standing before God. And book, look, in, the, in heaven there is a stack of books and there is a book. There is a stack of books, which is the books of every person who was ever born in this world, in the history of, of mankind. And, and God, you know, it's all recorded there. You worried about Facebook? <laughs> Everything is recorded. And the Bible says, and the books were open and another book was open, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged according to their works by the things which were written in the books. The sea gave up the dead 
who were in it. The death and Hades delivered up the dead who were in them. And they were judged, each one according to his works. And then death and Hades were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And anyone who not found written in the book of life of the Lamb, may I add, <laughs> was cast into the lake of fire. And God will bring all to submission before he will make the new heavens, the new earth, and bring down the new Jerusalem. Ephesians 1, 7 to 10 says that in the dispensation of the fullness of the times, he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth in him. 1 Corinthians 15, Christ, the first fruits, afterwards those who are Christ at his coming. This is the order of the resurrection. And then comes the end. And when he delivers the kingdom to God the Father, when he puts an end to all the rule and all authority and power, for he must reign, Jesus and we with him, we must reign until he put all enemies under his feet. And the last enemy that will be destroyed is death. And then he has put all things under his feet. But when he says all things are put under him, it is evident that he who put all things under him is accepted. Now when all things are made subject to him, then the Son himself will also be subject to him who put all things under him, that God may be all in all. Ecclesiastic 3 he has made everything beautiful in his time. Also, he has put eternity in their hearts. Look, in preparation for takeoff, please buckle your seatbelt. <laughs> he put eternity in their hearts, except that no one can find out the work that God does from beginning to end. And before, now you have to understand something. Before the Holy Spirit came and into us, we were not able to understand the times of God. <laughs> So he, he revealed the times to specific people. May I add, sometimes to a whole tribe. In, in 1 Chronicles 12.32, of the sons of Issachar who had understanding of the times to know what Israel ought to do, their chiefs were 200. I mean, there was a whole tribe in Israel that none of you have probably heard of. But to them was given a prophetic anointing to understand things, to understand the times. Isaiah 59, behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened that he cannot save, nor his ear heavy that he cannot hear. But your iniquities have separated you from God, and your sins have hidden his face from you, so he will not hear. So therefore, he had to deliver his message through the prophets who were godly people. And that's why Amos says, surely the Lord God does nothing unless he reveals his secret, what? To his servants, the prophets. And that's why Peter said in 2 Peter 1, 16, 20, For prophecy never came by the will of man, but holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. See, God declares the end from the beginning, according to Isaiah 46. But only few understood. And only few had this mandate to deliver it to the people. Such as Daniel in chapter 9 in the first year of Darius, the son of Ahasuerus, Ahasur, whatever you call it in English, anyway, it's wrong, <laughs> of the lineage of the Medes, who was made king over the realm of the Chaldeans in the first year of his reign, I, Daniel, look, Daniel didn't even think he's a prophet. <laughs> he thought he's a student. He says, I, Daniel, <laughs> I, Daniel, understood by the books the number of the years specified 
by the word of the Lord through Jeremiah the prophet. He called Jeremiah the prophet. He was a student of the word. And he knew that to the prophets, God revealed things. <laughs> I'm not going to listen to others. You know how many false prophets existed in the time of Daniel? Saying, now, now, later, no. just like now. That's why I keep telling people, I come from a non-profit organization. <laughs> Pastor Barry, we met a lady. That's not a joke. She met me on the, you know, the, uh, air, the jetway into the plane. You're Prophet Amir. <laughs> and I almost had a heart attack. That's the last thing anyone should ever name me. I am not. I don't even know. All I know is one thing. He who promises faithful. And he understood because he believed the prophets. And of course, I want to tell you that Daniel being caused, you know, he understood because now, because he was such a faithful person, God revealed to him a much greater picture of the end. In 1 Peter 5, therefore humble yourself under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon him for he cares for you. I want you to know that uh, being assembled in Acts chapter 1, something very strange happened there. You know, I was always taught that, you know, we as believers know the time and the seasons. And then I come to Acts chapter 1, verses 4 to 8. Being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, You have heard from me, for, for John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not too many days from now. Therefore, when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? See, they don't understand. And he says to them, it is not for you to know times or seasons which the Father has put in his own authority, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon When the Holy Spirit is coming upon you, then you will receive power, and then you better do what you need to do. <laughs> Stop counting the days. Stop trying to, you see, if I didn't tell you, and by the way, he did tell Jeremiah the days. That's why Daniel was waiting for it. But here, it's a different story. They want to know what is not for them to know, and they don't even have the Holy Spirit yet to even understand what they need to understand. And so, he's saying, what you need to do is what? You shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, and in all Judea, and Samaria, and in California. <laughs> That's what you're here for. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. I want you to know that um, even regarding the salvation of Israel, there's a point, there's a day until the fullness of the Gentiles had come, and only then all Israel had been saved. And Daniel spoke of 70 weeks determined for your people and for your city. You know, we know exactly when Israel is going to be saved. We know. Well, we don't know when to start counting from. <laughs> but the minute we're out of here, I can tell you the exact number of days. <laughs> Just take me out of here first, and I'll start counting. <laughs> Shortly before his death, Peter found it necessary to warn people about false prophets, because that's exactly who they were. For we did not follow cunningly the, the device 
fables when we made known to you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. But we, we're not people that call themselves the, you know, apostles. We were eyewitnesses of his majesty. And he received from God the Father honor and glory. And, and this, the voice that came to him from the, this excellent glory, it is, this is my beloved son whom I am well pleased. We heard this voice which came from heaven and we were with him on the holy mountain. And so we have the prophetic word confirmed. Amazing, isn't it? Prophecy never came by the will of man, but holy men of God, we know what happened. So when we follow charlatans and false teachers and false prophets, we're deceived regarding the times and the seasons. How many times they tell you, oh, it's going to happen now. Blood moons, sun, eclipse, all of that. Everybody's an astronomer. I mean, listen. Then if anyone says to you, look, here's the Christ, or there, do not believe it. For false Christ and false prophets will rise and show great signs and wonders to deceive if people, even the elect. Isn't that interesting that Jesus did not allow the disciples to reveal to anyone that he is the Messiah before the appointed time? Did you know that? I mean, listen, in Matthew 16, he commanded his disciples that they should tell no one that he was Jesus the Christ. I mean, Wait a minute, I thought you, you wanted me to tell everyone that you're the Messiah. Not yet. Because if you will tell them now, while I'm still here, you know what they're going to do? They're going to crown me as a king before I even died for you. They're going to get it completely wrong. So I'm telling you, from that time, Jesus began to show to his disciples that he what? He what? He must. Say the word must. must. He had to. He must. He must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised on the third day. And Peter heard all of that and says, what? Stop it right there. Jesus, come over here, please. How dare you talk like that? And Jesus turned and said to Peter, get behind me, Satan. You are an offense to me. I love you. And I need to die for you. So if you tell me that I'm not supposed to die, you're an offense to me. You're not mindful of the things of God, but of the things of men. Because you don't know the day. And while he was still speaking, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them. And suddenly a voice came. You know, the Mount of Transfiguration. Hear him. And then Jesus came and touched them and said, Arise, do not be afraid. And when they had lifted up their eyes, they saw no one but Jesus only. And now as they came down from the mountain, Jesus commanded them saying, Tell the vision, what? To no one until the Son of Man is risen from the dead. You don't understand anyway. So just shut up. Don't talk. You're going to make things worse. No one will understand what you're talking about. Let me die for you, and I will explain to you everything later. (laughs) And then he was now drawing near the descent of the Mount of Olives. A whole multitude of the disciples began to rejoice. And isn't that interesting? Only the day he entered into Jerusalem, he allowed them to say that he is the Messiah. 
And he said, if they don't cry out, then those stones will cry out. Why? Because that's the appointed time that Daniel spoke of. Because that was exactly 69 weeks, which is exactly 69 times 7 times 360 days, which is 173,880 days from the moment the decree to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem and the temple was given in Nehemiah chapter 2. It had to have been that day. And on that day, go ahead. Now it's the day. I allow you to call me the Messiah because Daniel says Messiah has to come. There's a set time. Some of the Pharisees called him said, Teacher, rebuke your children, your disciples, and I'll tell you if these should keep silent, the stones would immediately cry out. And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, You have heard from me, for John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. <laughs> and look, therefore, when they had come together, they asked him, and all of that, we already went through that. Number five, once we have the Holy Spirit and we are rightly dividing the word, then we know the times and the seasons. And that is why it is to the church that Paul is writing in 1 Thessalonians 5, but concerning the times and the seasons, brethren, you have no need that I should write to you, for you yourself know perfectly that the day of the Lord so comes as a thief in the night. Your understanding of the times, of the appointed times, even though you don't know the day, but you know the times and you know the seasons. We've seen all the, all the foreshadowing of everything all around us. Recall the former days in which after you were illuminated, we were illuminated, we have seen the light of Jesus, you endured a great struggle with suffering. We, since we know, are now watchmen on the walls who can see the day approaching and know the times and the seasons. But the end of all things in 1 Peter 4 says it is at hand, you see, in the beginning, and Peter says the end of all things is at hand. The concept of time is about to dissolve. It started, it's going to end. What was before was eternity. What will be after is eternity. Watch it. For the first time in the history, man will be translated into eternal realm. Time will no longer be of any effect. Listen, the minute we are translated into our glorified bodies, the time will not, it's not really going to be anything for us. Because some people complain, why do I need to come back to this world and rule for a thousand years? That's too long. Well, <laughs> for the Lord, a thousand years is like what? One day and one day like a thousand years. We'll be more like him then. <laughs> Hello? <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, if anyone ministers, let him do it as with the ability which God supplies, that in all things God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, in whom be belong the glory and the dominion forever and ever. And I will say, God will eventually dissolve the concept of time. Revelation 22, and he showed me a pure river of water of life, clear as crystal, proceeding from the throne of God and of the Lamb. In the middle of its street and on either side of the river was the tree of life. We're going back. <laughs> which bore 12 fruits, each tree yielding its fruit 
every month. The leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations, and there shall be no more curse. But the throne of God and of the Lamb shall be in it, and his servants shall serve him, and they shall see his face, and his name shall be on their forehead. There shall be no night there. The whole concept of time is gone. No night, and there, there's no need for a lamp, no light of the sun, for the Lord God gives them light, and they shall reign, what? Forever and ever. And I will conclude... With those final words, listen, Psalm 18 says, as for God, his ways are, is, perf is perfect, and the words of the Lord is proven, and he is a shield to all who trust him. And the Lord is giving us today three words, endurance, perseverance, and patience. These are the things believers should be equipped with. Galatians 6, 9, let us not grow weary while doing good, for in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. Hebrews 6, 12, imitate those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. James 1, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience, but let patience have its perfect work that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. But beloved, in Second Peter, do not forget this one thing. With the Lord, as one day is like a thousand years. And there is a reason why we're still here. You know what the reason is? Because some people in Iran need to be saved. <laughs> you know, if we were rapture, that's it. The door is closed. Some, and that's why he says, some count slackness. But it's, no, it's not. The Lord is long-suffering towards us, not willing that's the verse that I like to put in the face of, uh, of all of those uh, 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 Calvinists. Not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. There's no limited atonement. And God does not appoint people to hell already. He wants all to come to repentance. <laughs> Hebrews 10, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering for he who promises faithful and let us consider one another in order to stir up good works for not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as in the manner of some, but exhorting one another and so much more now as we see. We are the only generation since the beginning of this world that not can hope for, pray for, but can see. Look, I'm a Jew from the tribe of Judah, from the land of Israel. I'm here because the day is approaching. Because we are the generation that shall not pass away. Because the fig tree came back to life. Hello? And I would conclude with Revelation 22.20. He who testifies to these things says, Surely I am coming quickly. Amen. Even so... Come, Lord Jesus. Father, we thank you for your word, for your appointed times. We promise not to bug you anymore. We promise to wait with patience, endurance, and perseverance. And we promise that we will try to redeem our time as best as possible to do the work that you called us to do until you will blow that trumpet and call us to that great assembly in heaven to meet the Lord in the air and to be with him forever and ever. Until then, 
We pray for perseverance, endurance, and patience. We pray that through all of these, we will bear much fruit and that we will trust the promiser because he who promised is faithful. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Thanks for listening to this podcast featuring Amir Sarfati, founder and president of Behold Israel. Connect with Behold Israel on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. Download our free app available on Android and Apple under Behold Israel. Amir's teachings can be found in multiple languages. You can also visit our website, beholdisrael.org.